Hey there, Aaron. Welcome to the Football Outsiders live stream and podcast for Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. I am Aaron Schatz, Editor-in-Chief of Football Outsiders, and I am joined today by Brian Knowles and Kale Clinton. Mike Kinnear is off. And we are going to talk about free agency. It is that time. And we want to talk about the offensive side of the ball today. We're going to do uh, the defensive side of the ball in a couple of weeks. Today is offense. We're going to go through some lists of the top free agents, talk a little bit about who we like, where we think that they belong, who we left off our lists. And don't forget that if you are watching us live, which you should be at 1 p.m. Eastern every Thursday, you can ask us questions and have conversations in the discussion thread on Twitch or YouTube Live. So if you are listening to this after the fact as a podcast, try to tune in live at one o'clock on Thursdays and you can ask us questions and be part of the conversation. So let's start with quarterbacks. That's the most important position and a position where a lot of teams need help starting with the entire NFC South. So like I went through and I wrote down like which teams I thought kind of needed guys. And then we have these lists of the top guys. So uh, I'm assuming that the list is showing up. It is quarterback carousel season as Hitchhiker's Pie says in the discussion thread. Um, so first of all, this is our list, my list of who, which teams need guys. Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. Houston, Indianapolis, Las Vegas, the New York Jets, Washington, Arizona, depending on Kyler Murray's injury. Plus, if they don't franchise the guys they have now, Baltimore, the Giants, and Seattle. That is a lot of teams. Yeah. But quarterbacks are easy to find, right? So that's, that shouldn't be too much of a problem. Time a dozen. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, so I made my list of the top we did top six, top six free agent quarterbacks. Here's my list. Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, Geno Smith, yep. Daniel Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jacoby Brissett. There's a couple of other guys floating around out there that teams might end up with, like Andy Dalton. Uh, yeah. But that's my list of, of the top guys. The thing is, I mean, we don't know exactly what's going to happen but there's a good chance that Geno Smith will be franchised. There's a reasonable chance that Daniel Jones will be franchised. And the Lamar Jackson situation is confusing. Lamar Jackson. Let's start with Hitchhiker's Pie says Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Tannehill are two very likely not on their contracted roster. Yes. I don't Rogers know what you're likely about Aaron Rodgers at this point in time. Rodgers is kind of available in trade. I don't know what's going on with Tannehill and the Titans, but he might be available in trade too. They're sort of starting over in Tennessee. They've cut a lot of guys this week, but I don't think, I don't know. If I was Tennessee, I don't think Malik Willis looks ready. So I don't know. I think I would play out the last year of Tannehill's deal because right now you do not have a plan B at this point in time. So play out the last year, get someone to develop and, and move from there. And if for Rodgers, you know, to, uh, his darkest retreat ended today, so we'll we'll see if he saw a shadow and get six more weeks of trade uh, talks, or we'll see what happens here. So the Lamar Jackson, the story came out this morning on ESPN that Baltimore did, in fact, offer to make him the highest paid quarterback in the game on an annual basis. And he said no, because they did not offer to fully guarantee it, and he wants fully guaranteed. 
we're getting the the uh, the fallout of, of the Watson contract coming out here. Yeah. I, was, sorry, I maybe we're getting ahead in the conversation. I don't even know if that's a good investment for either party, just because like I feel like Baltimore's in this situation where they've just like they felt so ideally built for Lamar Jackson with like run heavy stuff, like some short passing game. Lamar Jackson's like a pretty elite passer, and you need the wide receiver component to this. And Baltimore's just so disinterested in getting wide receivers. Baltimore Ravens have two receivers cracked the top 20 in DYAR since 2000. Four receivers have cracked the top 20 in DYAR. That's their fault. I mean, they went out and spent a first round pick on Rashad Bateman. So it's not like they haven't used any of their capital to get wide. I know that, but like, at some point, there's like a philosophical evaluation like gap for the Baltimore Ravens. Basically, in terms of modern times, the only real wide receiver success they've had in terms of like top 20 performances, which doesn't feel like that high a bar to clear, is one anomalous Torrey Smith season in 2014. Beyond that, where he finished top 10 in both categories. Beyond that, really, really sparse in terms of like right. Baltimore receiving prowess. I guess Steve Smith didn't finish in the top 20 when he was in Baltimore. No. And Derek Mason, you probably have to go back too many years. Or, I mean, you know, Derek Mason had a couple of good Baltimore seasons in like 2006. Yeah, it might be. He might be some of those uh, aughts years. But like, I, I just like, I don't know. I, Lamar was in, like the Ravens were in a couple of those any given Sunday games. That 65-yard pass he had to Deshaun Jackson, I'm convinced if they had like, a not 50 year old Deshaun Jackson catching that ball. It goes for a touchdown. Like he's a pretty elite passer. And I just think like there are points where Baltimore is like more like cares more about having like strong run game, strong defense. And they just like, I feel like it's doing Lamar Jackson a big disservice to a massive part of his game. That makes him, you know, a unanimous MVP quarterback. The next thing to watch with Jackson is which tag the Ravens give him. Cause the, Jackson's not hitting free agency. Jackson is going to get tagged. No. Question is, is it going to be the regular franchise tag, which is at $32 million, which still allows him to negotiate other teams? Or are they just going to slap the exclusive tag on him, the $45 million one, which means that you're talking to us and anyone else who wants to get trade, anyone wants to trade for you has to go through us. I think they're going to give him the, 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 the exclusive tag. I think they're going to, because they're not going to let a former MVP quarterback go for, even, even for two first round picks, you don't want to let Lamar Jackson go. You're going to slap him with the exclusive tag. If you're there. The team that has been linked to him so much. I mean, he's been shipped with the Atlanta Falcons more mm-hmm. than like two Japanese anime characters. Like yep. Atlanta Falcons, that's what everyone wants to do. Atlanta Falcons love Mark Jack, right? Atlanta will absolutely would give up two first round picks yep. to sign. If 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 you give Lamar Jackson the regular franchise tag, what you are actually doing is taking two first round picks from Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you put the exclusive attack on him. See, see what else you can get out of him. You see how much blood you can squeeze from that stone. Cause the NFC South is wide the open. Tough, the tough part about Lamar Jackson is you have to ask yourself, is he injury prone? Right? Like we've done research. I mean, not we've done research. Research has been done. Sports info solutions did research, showing that mobile quarterbacks are not, are not actually more injury prone than pocket quarterbacks. But we're not talking about mobile quarterbacks. We're talking about this guy. 
Right. And this guy keeps getting injured and missing the second, the last part of the season. And is that a guy you want to give a bunch of guaranteed money to? And the other problem with guaranteed money is Deshaun Watson took all that guaranteed money from Cleveland and came out and sucked. Terrible. <laughs> I mean, like, look, obviously there are, you know, extenuating circumstances and we can talk about, you know, what happens to Deshaun Watson if he has, uh, you know, a full camp to prepare and doesn't come in after missing a year and a half, you know, next year, how good is Deshaun Watson? But it doesn't look good. The first guy who ever got the super guaranteed contract came in and was terrible. Yeah. It doesn't help that Cleveland now, because of that deal, is one of the most just like cap hell teams out there. 13 million over. Deshaun Watson's cap number is 54.9 million. Miles Garrett's 29.1. They're paying two guards around like 14, 15 mil. Nick Chubb's another 14. Amari Cooper's 23 and all of a sudden looks like their biggest cap cut casualty. Like this. He was this, really good this year. That's not, no, if he's you already, cut him, that's a problem because he wasn't well, really good. But that's what I'm saying. You're giving six guys over a hundred something million dollars worth of cap for two guards, a running back, a defensive end, a quarterback, and a wide receiver. Like you're not you're not fielding half of half a active football team on the field, let alone a 53 man roster with those kind of numbers. This is a decimating, decimating contract. I I get you want to give these guys the money, but like I don't know how you make it work for like a full team perspective. Yeah. And and the answer is you figure out a way to make it work if the quarterback is good enough. And I think that most people do believe that Lamar Jackson is good enough if he yeah. stay, can stay healthy for a full year. You just don't want to guarantee it forever because what if he can't stay healthy? What if he declines? What if he can't stay healthy? The other question is, if he were to get traded to Atlanta, let's say, what is Baltimore like? Does Baltimore want to go a completely different direction with a completely now that they have a new offensive coordinator? a completely different style of quarterback. The Atlanta picks, I don't believe is high enough to probably get one of the top four quarterbacks in this year's draft. If you exclusively uh, tag him, you might be able to get Desmond Ritter back. So if you really, oh, if you really like, yeah. like that, you might get him back in the deal. Oh, that's possible. Okay. Yeah. Also, are we neglecting that Tyler Huntley was nearly a pro bowler, guys? He was a pro bowler. He was a pro bowler. Yeah, yeah. you know, he got a pro bowler quarterback as a backup. I mean, the funny thing is, a year ago, I was writing about Baltimore when I wrote an article for ESPN Plus about the most, the deepest team. Uh, halfway through the year, I said Huntley is a guy that some people believe can start for another team. I think his performance this year suggested that that's not the case. And my guess is that the talent evaluators around the league are lower on Tyler Huntley now than they were a year ago and that the Ravens would not want him to be the start. Mm -hmm. Not when they're actively competing right now. No, if, if this was a blow up the team situation, then you're fine with them. But yeah, I don't, I, 
I know it sucks to guarantee him that much money. I know I know all the risk it takes. I think the Ravens have to do it. I think they do have to mm-hmm. come there a little bit. Quarterbacks like Jackson just don't grow on trees, and you don't let them go in, unless you absolutely have to. Unless that relationship has been blown up to all, you know, to right. And we can talk about rumors all we want, and there are rumors that the relationship has been blown up all, but we don't. That's yeah. why the site, as I as I say sometimes, that's why the site is called Football Outsiders because we, and not football psychologists because yep. I can't I can't, I don't know what the relationship is like right now between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens front office and whether he feels hurt and I mean, emotionally hurt, you know? Yeah. And from that outside perspective, I would just like, if I'm 31 other teams, maybe like, you know, 28, I'd say, uh, I'm banging down Baltimore's door to get Mm -hmm. him. Like the fact that this hasn't been resolved, he's a unanimous MVP this young. And I understand there's injury concerns. I understand maybe there's some like doubt in other aspects of his game that I don't really see, but like, these guys don't come available on veteran contracts that often. Like the last guys that do are, you know, Brady, late Manning types who are past 30s. You don't get these guys under 30 to lock in this long. No, no. Uh, yeah, this is, I mean, this is even better than when Drew Brees became a free agent because Jackson's mm-hmm. early career has been better than Drew Brees' early mm-hmm. career. Yeah. Um, Derek Carr. Does it Ooh. feel... It feels like the Jets are waiting for Aaron Rodgers to come out into the light to figure out how they want to work something. And that it's going to be, if it, it feels like they want Rodgers first and Carr second, and one of those guys is going to quarterback the Jets. What was the report? The sale, the sales pitch to cars that come with us and it'll be, it'll be a first ballot hall of famer. It's like, is this the same Derek Carr I've been watching for the past decade? You know, like, they meant the Fresno State Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, uh, I don't know. I, I am not I am not excited about Derek Carr coaching, uh, you know, quarterbacking my team. You know, Derek Carr is, is fine. Like, like you know, sign up for a couple of years. He'll be okay. But it's like, okay, okay, we have Derek Carr. I, uh, is that, how much better does that make us? You have to be a team with an offense already in place that you think Carr is going to put you over the top. And the Jets kind of fall into that category, but I mean, I, I just don't know. One of the it, problems so bad this year. One of the problems with Carr is he was a top 10 DYAR yeah. quarterback for three years, right? Mm-hmm. If you think of the um, guys you can win with middle tier of quarterback, he might be the best guy in that tier before this year. The problem is this year he got the receiver he needed and was supposed to get better. Yep. And instead he got worse. So you're like, is that decline? Was that decline just like random variation and flukiness? Or is he really in decline? Because theoretically, the idea was you add Devontae Adams, you don't decline. The other from places is that, you know, oh, well, the Josh McDaniel scheme was hard for him. To, he didn't pick it up. It's hard for him to learn. Okay, okay so we're going to put him in another new scheme. And th- 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 it worked so well last year. I'm um, I'm very, like, I, let's let's rule out, like, injuries to Renfro, injuries to Darren Waller. Like, I don't know, Aaron, you're a, you're a New England guy. I'm, like, pretty low on Josh McDaniel's scheme. I'm, like, pretty low on Josh McDaniel. No, I'm not at all. Because if you think. Think about what Josh McDaniels could do with Mac Jones. Uh, it feels pretty good. Fair. Fair. 
And there, Kyle it, Orton, when De- when Joe when he was in Denver, Kyle Orton was rocking. Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't know. I I have issues with it where like he's also outside of an like he's an eleventh place finish in DVOA in twenty twenty one away from also having three straight seasons in top 10 DVOA and DYAR. And at that point, it's like you're in pretty rare air for the 21st yeah. century. So, like, he's right on that, like, call him cousins if you want, or, like, that tier of, like, you know, not quite elite, but, like, still very serviceable. I'd put him in there. In terms of guys available, like, if you're New York, like I'd maybe rather him over Rodgers. Because like Rogers, like you're dealing with again that outsized, uh, you know, that massive contract probably gets renegotiated down a little bit, but I don't know how much money Aaron Rodgers is giving up at this point to make it work. And like, I'd rather you know a little younger of a guy for a little bit longer of a period, even if you're not getting like that same level of production. I mean, if you ask me who I think will be better for the Jets in 2023. I would say I think Rogers, a Rogers rebound makes more sense than a car rebound. The problem mm-hmm. is, first of all, you have to trade for Rogers, which means you have to yeah. give up stuff for him. You have to give up stuff for a guy who may not be on your team for very long. And you also, like, again, we're stats guys, but let's not ignore the obvious here. You have to deal with Aaron Rodgers' ego. In New York media, it's yeah. kind of like a multiplier. Yeah. yeah. L.O. Salerno says in the comment, it feels like the Jets are going to keep Carr as their second option, but there's a probable chance that if they wait too long to trade for Rodgers, they'll end up without him or Carr. That's the thing. Carr can sign right now. It's not because he, he, he's yeah. released. He wasn't a free agent. Carr can, if the Saints decide, hey, we're going to free up this extra $60 million right now with our magic and want you, they can come in and steal him from the Jets. That's he, another he, thing he, for the Jets, by the way. Not only do they not have to trade anything for Carr, they don't even lose compensatory picks. Yeah. Normally, a quarterback of Carr's quality, that's a fourth round pick. Yeah. Like, so, which means, so, which means you're handing a fourth round pick to the to Vegas, but also that any free agents you lose, you will not get compensatory picks for because yeah. they'll all get canceled out by Carr. Yeah. Can't cancel, cancel the formula, which, which sucks. So, so, um, he's really, you just sign him tomorrow. I mean, or today. Yeah. Tomorrow. Let's have some breaking news while we're talking. Let's 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 get car signed right now, right? I I'd prefer that to the guy that just came out of a you know bunker in Western Oregon for four days, like just on principle. Do we all assume that Geno Smith is just going to get franchised or re-signed by Seattle? It makes too much sense not to. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would I try to get you know a two three year deal, heavy incentive laden kind of thing. But Smith was good enough that you you want to you want to keep him on the team. I like. Tanier's idea of like the you know two to four year 20 mil APY deal because like a improvement across the board league leader in CPOE per RBSDM and NF Elo wrote an article right before last season that CPOE is pretty sticky in terms of yeah. like an R squared for year to year so like when you see this kind of performance like you can count it a little bit I just like there's no middle tier of quarterbacks like yeah. those, there's so few guys making that like right. And Gino belongs in that middle tier, and yeah. so I think this Daniel Daniel Jones does too. Same next time, same right? deal, but like because that doesn't exist, I guess you have to franchise tag him. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you want to get the twenty million dollars a year. The tag is thirty five, and that's that's going to be the starting point for any kind of yeah. negotiations with Smith or Jones. And you know, 
going below that is hard because they can just say, no, I'm gonna, someone's going to give me $30 million a year because quarterbacks are hard to find. Jones is a guy you absolutely do not want to give too much money to. Nobody yeah. feels nobody feels that he is a top court. Like he had a really nice year this year. Dable did really nice things with him, especially considering the quality of receivers he had. That's impressive. But again, he is not a win because of quarterback. You can't give him win because of money. That's the thing, you know, like Jones is going to get like 40 million. If, if he, that's, that's, that's what the current rumors are, what, what the demands are. Like, do you really want to do that? I know, and you just got to the playoffs with him, and it's hard to say goodbye to a quarterback when you've just made the playoffs, but would you want him for like 35, 40 million or Jimmy Garoppolo for 20, right? You know, like, what, what is the long term health of your franchise here? I don't, I don't like, I feel like the next move in this Dable progression is getting him like an actual wide receiver one with the money that the Giants have, like make a Hopkins splash, try and make a move for a T Higgins. But like, if you're doing that, I think you try and have a conversation with Daniel Jones. Like we're getting you this guy. We need to like pay him a lot of money. Receivers are 25 mil. We need to cut a little bit into your thing there to make it work because it's not going to be you know the Danny Jones will say who do you think I'm married to Giselle come on (laughs) (laughs) give me the money show me the money Daniel Jones wants the money rent in New York is very expensive Brian (laughs) Garoppolo I thought Garoppolo the Jets made tons of sense when Matt LaFleur was their offensive coordinator now that he's not their offensive coordinator that doesn't there's no there's no special I still think it makes a lot of sense. You got the skill position players. You know Garoppolo can get stuff out of skill position players. I mean, he was the league leader in DVOA, for goodness sake. I mean, I think he would still fit. What about the Raiders? A reunion with Josh McDaniels. Because uh, he knows that system. They've got, I don't you think know, that that's a ridiculous idea. I, I think see that. that's a very reasonable idea. Yeah. Like a one-year a one year deal as you're looking for your you – you're not signing Garoppolo as your long-term answer if you're, if you're Las Vegas. doesn't quite fit there. But, you know, a reasonable one-year deal keeps you competitive. Or better, a two-year deal, and you plan on Garoppolo being your quarterback in 2024, and you draft somebody, either you draft Hendon Hooker in the second round, or you draft someone in 2024, and Garoppolo becomes your bridge, and then... Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, for me, the, Garoppolo versus Carr is a very interesting, uh, uh, you know, thought experiment for me, because... You know, how much better is Carr at how much more money is Carr going to be worth? And it feels like it's, it's so wrapped up with something that's been very difficult for us since the moment I started doing analytics 20 years ago, yeah. which is separating the quarterback from his teammates and scheme. Right. I do wonder if the success of like the emergence of a Geno Smith, the amount of success that we saw out of backup and replacement level quarterbacks, you know, even the first 11 weeks of Jacoby Brissett, like I wonder if this market is go like the success of quarterbacks in 2022 is going to sort of create that middle-class market that we kind of brought up earlier. And that, that brings up Jacoby Brissett. who yeah. was not good in 2022, sorry, 2021, then was fabulous in 2022. I think Brissett is either going to be in New Orleans or Tampa. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like I him in Washington. He, he absolutely comes for less money than this other guy. I, I, he'll probably end up in the NFC South. I like him as a stopgap in Washington for a year. Just like work, like work would be NFC, a ton of skill position players there. You got a chance to compete with Sam Howell. Like you can earn yourself a longer term deal if Tampa Bay and New Orleans aren't willing to commit. It feels like 
one of the better situations. If I'm for reset, I would rather go to Washington. I'm yeah. just thinking about. I'm just thinking about how New Orleans and Tampa are so cap screwed right now. Yeah. What kind of quarterback can they afford? Kyle Trask time. Yeah. <laughs> <Tyler>. <laughs> All right. We've all been waiting for. Let's move on to the running backs, running backs, because LL Salerno says he thinks Daniel Jones will be franchised and the Giants will let Saquon walk. So let's talk about Saquon. So here are my top six running back free agents. Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Devin Singletary, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, and Raheem Mostert. And I didn't write a list of teams that need running backs. Because frankly, the list of teams that need running backs is these guys. The teams losing these guys, plus maybe Carolina, which also may be losing a guy because Dante Foreman is a free agent. The one name kind of missing from the list, maybe, is Tony Pollard. Uh, Tony uh, Pollard, I forgot. Sorry, that's my fault. I left him off the list. Tony Pollard, absolutely. It should be one of the top couple of free agents. I just, I just. I feel like all these running backs just might as well go back where they came. It's just a terrible year to want money as a running back because there are a lot of guys floating around out there. And this draft class is packed to the freaking gills with running backs. I mean, it is like musical chairs. Just move everyone around. Everyone rotate one team to the left and then you have new deals for everyone. The person I'm like most hesitant. With the amount of running backs in this class, whether you want like to go really high on a Bijan or uh, the guy from Alabama, or you want like Ty J Spears or Sean Tucker late in the draft, like of the veteran guys, I'm most hesitant about Josh Jacobs just because like kind of up and down on his rookie contract. Such a one year wonder. This year, he was so good this year. Where the hell is that been? I so I looked up. He had this isn't even counting his involvement in the past game. I just looked up running backs since 2010 with as many carries as Josh Jacobs, which is 340. Came back with five seasons, not including Derrick Henry this year. It's 2020-12 Adrian Peterson, who took a big step back in 2013. 2014, DeMarco Murray, who then you know falls off with the Eagles. 2012, Maurice Jones Drew. He takes 86 carries the next season, completely falls off, like really doesn't get back to it again. 2012 Arian Foster, he gets sidelined by a back injury and saw a third of the carries he had in that 2012 season. And then 2020 Derrick Henry, who, you know. Foot injury. So you're you're saying it might be a curse of 340, not even a curse of 370. Just that is a, that's a, like, maybe it's a modern curse of 370 because it's, you know, we're watching running backs take less snaps. If I included back to 2000, this list like triples, like so many more guys are taking more carries, but like with this level of workload, especially now, like it feels like a lot and I wouldn't be ready to give Josh Jacobs like a big long. But here's the other reason that he's going to decline because he wasn't that good in 2020 and 2021. Like he just came from out of nowhere. How good he was this year. It's, and the There's thing, a lot Vegas of things backing against Josh Jacobs. Vegas might be the least likely to bring their guy back because we kept hearing in the preseason about Zamir White, Zamir White, Zamir White. You know, they can make Zamir White their starting running back and then draft a guy and make their draft a guy their second running back and not need to bring Josh Jacobs back. 
Yeah, they were, they, no, they, they declined his fifth-year option. So now if they wanted to tag him, that's $2 million extra that they they didn't want to spend uh, last year at this point in time. I mean, I, I get that Jacobs did better than anyone could expect it, but do you really want to, like, you 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 just declined an option to give him that much money. You, want, you really want to do it now? Yeah. Don't let, don't let one data point throw off your entire strategy. It, it would be interesting to see Pollard in the, with the Raiders I don't know how much the like James White, Kevin Falk thing is a Josh McDaniels thing versus a Tom Brady thing. But, you know, you know, can you imagine I mean, if you imagine Pollard in the like James White role for the Ra- Raiders? It sounds like that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all these guys, you know, these are all talented guys. Mostert is really fast and, mm-hmm. you know, Barkley did good things this year, but it's running backs and there's just. There's lots of them. And I, you know, I feel like they should all just go back where they came from and just play more for that team that they already played. Why not? (laughs) Uh, Wide receivers and tight ends. Okay. I did leave. Well, I didn't quite leave off. I mean, I only did six. So here are our top wide receivers and tight ends. Odell Beckham, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jacoby Myers, DJ Shark, Dalton Schultz, tight end, and Evan Ingram, tight end. Uh, now, there are a couple of other guys, Nicole Hardman, Alan Lazard, and probably Michael Thomas, although he's not technically a free agent yet. Uh, and as for teams that need wide receivers, it's like half the league. Yeah. You can always use more receivers. Exactly. So uh, what do you guys think about some of these top wide receivers? I know that I think DJ Chark is underrated. Yes. Yeah, I, he's second to Gabriel Davis this year in average depth of target, 15.2 uh, among all pass catchers, at least 50 targets, ninth highest yards per target among all pass catchers last season, 10th in DVOA among receivers, and he generated a 47.9% DVOA on deep passes. 24 of his 50 targets were uh, what we label as deep passes. So he's yeah. just like, I, I don't know. He, he, maybe he's a so little. Whichever teams need a field stretcher, I yeah. think DJ Chark is underrated. Maybe he's a little one-dimensional in that regard, but like probably the most, one of the most valuable, like you know, mono archetypes you could have at receiver. I feel like. Checkers Pie points out, but he got to play with Jared Goff. Everyone's good with Jared Goff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, LL Salerno says he thinks Ingram will go back to the Jaguars. I know a lot of think, people think that, but I actually think the Jaguars could have room for two tight ends. I think they could actually sign like a Mike Gusecki or something and have both Ingram and Gusecki because think of what Doug Peterson did with two tight end sets in Philadelphia. Yeah, I could, I could absolutely see that because I don't, I don't see Gusecki staying with Miami. He was, he was, he's a square peg in a round hole in that system. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I was I was gonna throw one more thing. Love like Jacoby Myers is sneaky, yeah. maybe the best receiver in this class, and maybe it's just because he got buried in New England. Not buried. He was a he led the team in uh, targets for three straight seasons. Not quite buried, but like you know you know the Patriots' reputation with wide receivers, but can kind of do everything really well. He was Max' go to guy, eighth in DVOA and eighth in DYAR among all pass catchers when targeted on third or fourth down with minimum 25 targets. So, like, whenever there was clutch moment, like, Mac Jones turning to Jacoby Myers feels like a really reliable guy who can be, like, a really, 
you know, high upside wide receiver two for a ton of teams. Yeah, I think he's the second best guy on, on this list. Number one, depending on how you feel about Odell Beckham's knee. Yeah, Be- Beckham's health is the, is the big question mark here. Uh, it feels, doesn't it feel like Beckham to the Cowboys has been rumored for so long that it has to happen at this point in time. They, they're going to make some kind of huge splash like that when they finally are convinced that his knee is not going to fall off. Like Yes, I am writing a column for ESPN Plus about one free agent every team should sign, and I'm giving Odell Beckham to the Cowboys. Everybody, every, Again, like Lamar Jackson to the Falcons, that's what everybody's talking about. Yeah. Uh, Hitchhiker's Pie, by the way, says Myers had one of the all time worst plays ever, and yet there's no stinky sounds about him in New England at all. The Patriots in house guys think he'll stay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they have the money for him to stay. If he's going to be maybe the number two, probably behind Beckham, the number two highest paid guy in this class. I mean, Thomas is a Thomas is a different issue because Thomas, I can't imagine you would sign him to more than a one-year deal. Yeah, Thomas is looking for for a one-year prove that I still can be exist on a physical football field. I think that makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs because he's going to. Thomas is probably going to sign a relatively low deal for one year just as a prove-it deal. That's really the interesting. Chiefs, for the yeah. Chiefs. Because yeah. yeah. I don't think the Chiefs can afford to keep Juju yeah. Smith-Schuster very easily because they're a little bit tight against the cap. This is one of the bad years from a Holmes contract. So you let him go, and I mean. Your sales pitches, we're the Chiefs. You get to play with Patrick Mahomes, compete for Super Bowl. Any veteran receiver who needs to prove something, come here for a year. You get to get to play in the Andy Reid system. And I like Juju Smith-Schuster to the Bills. Ah. Yeah, steal, from one, steal a receiver from one of your major competitors. And all of a sudden now, Gabe Davis becomes your third guy. Right? When you go to three right. receivers, you move Smith-Schuster inside with Gabe Davis outside. Kahil Shakir is your fourth guy. You're looking good, I think, yeah. with Juju Smith. Yeah. I wonder if they can afford it because the Bills are a little tight against the cap too. I I think that uh, the Chiefs is going to end up like I don't know if the Panthers or something, like someone who had a lot of oh, or, the, or the Bears or something. Someone. Who's I mean, I guess of, you know, yeah. if you're Smith Schuster, you want the money because yeah, that, that, that's that's exactly the point. Like there are there are teams that can offer them more than the Chiefs and the Bills can. The thing is, Schuster was also a part of that 21 class. I know he went back to the Chiefs or the uh, Steelers on a one year, but he was part of that like Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis, Kenny Galladay class that just, in hindsight, really, really bad <laughs> wide receiver free agency class there, which I worry that like some team is going to mortgage their future given, given Juju a long-term deal with a lot of money and it's going to be a problem. And that, that sounds like 100% like something the Bears or Panthers would do. So, you know. Uh, let's talk about offensive tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is my list of the top six offensive tackles. And for, for the sixth one, it's all about potential. Orlando Brown, Caleb McGarry, Jawan Taylor, Mike McGlinchey, Andrew Wiley, and then Andre Dillard. Because I still think some team is going to think about Andre Dillard and be like, this is a guy who was a first-round pick four years ago. He could do, you know, he just never got quite got his chance in Philadelphia. I wonder what he could do for us. The fact that Dillard's the sixth guy means this is a good year to be a tackle in free agency because the, 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 the more teams need one than there are players available. I think that that is true. More teams need one than there are players. There are, you know, there, there's some good first round offensive tackles in the draft. And the kid from Northwestern, for example, and I think there's a kid from Alabama. And what do I know about the draft? But right. <laughs> I have listed as my teams that could use at least one offensive tackle Arizona, Chicago, Denver, mm-hmm. Indianapolis, Jacksonville. 
Kansas City, Vegas, New England, San Francisco, and Tennessee. Kansas is interesting because if, if, uh, I mean, they tagged Orlando Brown last year, and there was a bit of a, like, annoyance, I think, that Brown got tagged there. If they want to tag him again, that that bumps the number up from eighteen million to twenty million. Like, I'm not sure if they, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. It feels like the Chiefs want to keep him around, but they don't want to give him the long term deal. He's so declined the last couple of years. Like his blown blocks yeah. and SIS yeah. charting have gone up and then gone up again. And and uh, he was I, not I was gonna, one of the top left tackles in the league this year. I was going to ask you guys about that because both Brown and Wiley, like. Brown, career-high 38 blown blocks 2022. That's up from 29 in 2021. 31 of those come in pass, bro. Andrew Wiley, 45 blown blocks, second most among any offensive lineman, minimum 500 snaps. But Chiefs also fifth in adjusted sack rate, led the league in uh, – That's Mahomes. Uh, that is Mahomes. I know. I know that. But, like, you just let – like. Like these are not great tackles, and you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league at avoiding pressure. Your interior is all set. Like most of your, like cleaning up the pressure in there. Those guys are all sub two blown block rates. Like, do you just let both your tackles walk and try and figure it out? And like, I think they want to bring Brown back. My guess is Wiley goes bye bye. Yeah. I mean, no, these guys I mentioned are pretty much all right tackles except for Brown. Yeah. Yeah, um, le- like left tackles are probably, you know, unless you're turned to the draft, might be a little bit tougher. But, like, I don't see yeah, how you well, can build those guys around. I point out that a lot of people do feel that offensive tackle is stacked in this draft. Uh, up there with cornerback and running back is the most stacked positions in this draft, I think. And, um, but I don't know what, I don't know what left tackles. I don't know if there's a, a, a first day starting left tackle who will be there at 31. Yeah. I don't know. Plug um, a day two guy in. There's like a, you know, decent amount of left tackles, but tougher thing. I think you got a longer leash when you have uh, one of the most sack avoidant quarterbacks in football right now. It, it makes busting a lot easier when you have them at home. So that's absolutely exactly. true. Yeah. I mean, I do. I wonder whether like, does Taylor Luan have anything left? Could they do with him what they did with Eric Fisher a couple years ago or? Again, you know, when you're the Chiefs, you can get you can Sorry, get they didn't do with Eric Fisher. Fisher. Indianapolis did with Eric Fisher where they plugged him in for one year and yeah, right. Got an okay performance out of him. Um McGlinchey is interesting because he's really good run blocker, but not so good pass blocking. Mm-hmm. I think he would fit like New England, for example. Yep. You know, that they want to be really run heavy or Chicago, maybe. Chicago makes a lot of sense. Then they got and they've got the money to outbid anyone else who wants him. I do think he's going to go somewhere else. I think the Niners are going to stick with uh, Colton McKivitz there and, and, and see how that goes because they've got too much money to give to, you know, their running backs and their defensive ends and all this kind of stuff going on. Uh, there's a weird love-hate relationship with McGlinchey in, among the San Francisco fan base because, you know, they, they, they see the, the – he, he's, he's a below – he maybe have hit average at pass protection this year, maybe. He's such a good, you know, run blocker in that scheme, but, uh, but people love the pass and they see – you know, him him occasionally whiffing on these blocks and they go, oh, we'll, we'll just pick someone off the street and replace him. I think the Niners are going to miss him if he goes, but I don't think they can afford, you know, how much money he's going to get in, on the open market. And I don't think they're going to tag him at $18 million a year. One sneaky guy I think could get a really good deal, uh, Jawan Taylor. Yeah. Team low, yeah, team low, 1.3% blown block rate, which is not only a career low, it's an improvement 1.5 percentage points year over year. 
which was also a previous career low, like taking big strides in pass pro in nine blown blocks in pass pro this year. He previously hadn't had a season with fewer than 20 and he cuts his holding penalties from 11, 2021 to two in 2022. Still young, still young. I think he's only like 26. It's interesting because I don't think PFF numbers liked him, but the SIS numbers loved him. Yeah. That's what I was. I was looking more at SIS than PFF, but like, if you're going off those numbers, like really strong and I think pretty seldom talked about. Yeah. And and again, like I said, still young. Like I think, yeah, Juwan Taylor would be a great signing for somebody. And I listed Jacksonville as a team that needs a tackle because if Juwan Taylor leaves, uh oh, yeah. Big problem there. Um, although they that you know, they probably can get a starting right tackle at 22 or wherever they're picking. Right. Um all right, let's look at interior linemen to finish things out. Uh, I have as the top six interior linemen uh, Isaac Sayumalo, Ben Powers, Connor McGovern, Roger Saffold, Nick Gates, and Garrett Bradbury. But there's also Ethan po- Pochich, who kind of came on, finally had a good year this year for Seattle. Will Hernandez, uh, Nate Davis, and Ode Abushi. There's Dawson actually Risner. a number of floating around. Yeah, we, we didn't mention Dawson Risner, Nate Davis. But there, there are player players out there. This is this yeah. is this is a good this is a good year to try to do to both the interior of your line. There are teams that need guards, and there are teams that then there are guards to be needed. Uh, I have listed teams that definitely need guards: Arizona, Buffalo, Indianapolis, the Rams, yeah. Vegas, Philly, and Washington. Rams really need one. They, the Rams' interior of their line was a disaster this year. They they could yeah. use two or three. I had uh I had tapped Pochich for uh like the best when I ran the uh, ESPN Plus uh, best value veteran contracts just yeah. because like he did ascend to such like a strong level relative to interior linemen. Like you know small sample size obviously, but a really really good year before he got injured. Eagles are in a really interesting spot. Like I think they, with their cap space and how many snaps are losing on the defensive side of the ball, they probably get priced out of the sale model market just because like, you know, they've got a lot of, a lot more holes to fill. Uh, Saffold's another interesting name to me just because he kind of felt like a bit of a, here's the interesting thing about Buffalo. If Kelsey does not retire, that kid Jurgens that they took last year. Yeah. He becomes the left guard. I think. That's yeah, probably. And like, I don't know. Like, I think they've also just got a ton of confidence in that guy. Cause like between, I think it, like Roseman and Kelsey worked together to basically handpick Kelsey's replacement. So yeah. they got a lot of love for him there. So I could definitely see that. Yeah. The Eagles have some really tough decisions. We'll, we'll get to Eagles more when we do the defensive free agents in a few weeks. Cause it's half their roster, but the, yeah, yeah, I'll give you a Eagles, Eagles pushed so much all in to go to get this year. And it, it, it mostly worked. They got, you know, they got the second second's good. I mean, I don't, you know, Mike, Mike argues with the idea that the Eagles were all in, but yeah. they definitely, their defense had a lot of veterans. That is, that is true. They, they leveraged a lot of future assets to, to compete this year. If you want to, if you want to you yeah. not use a buzzword. They still, have, they still have some future assets, yeah. so they're not all in, but they, they were a lot. They used, they, they used a lot of stuff, and, and, and it mostly worked. They are losing something like over 7,000 defensive snaps 
Uh, I think they had nine guys who played more than 700 defensive snaps and seven of them are unrestricted free agents. Like they are like, they don't have a ton of cap space either. They need a lot of focus on the defense side of the ball. I think they can probably spare some ID, uh, IOL guys. I think Sam Malo is the best guard available. Yes. Yeah. I think he's going to get the highest contract out of any of these guys. Yeah. He's, he's probably the only one who's going to top that $10 million a year mark and die. he's going to deserve it. He was, he was fantastic. A lot of the, you know, a lot of these teams that could use, could use him, but I, you know, who has the money? I don't know. He probably has to go to a lesser team in order to get the money that he wants. I, I think that, you know, I, I think the Rams make a lot of sense for him. I, th- I think the Rams can, can carve out enough space for him. I think, you know, they, they think they can still be competitive. I think he, he's such a massive upgrade. They can't go out and get a wide receiver. They can't go out and get these other positions. They can take a splash for a guard because because those are, you know, that's not that's not quite as premium a position. They can carve out room for him. Do you so, think? Hey. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Not to you. Up to you. Uh, I was going to say, I like, it's the only team with money in this free, like real money in this free agency class. I don't know their offensive line situation off the top of my head. Do you think Chicago's a fit? They need a right tackle. Chicago mm. needs a right tackle. Their guards are okay. Yeah. Right tackle is the position that they need. I think they do need a guard. They just need everything else as well. And so it's yeah. way down on the list of priorities. Wide receivers. Chicago needs wide receivers. Chicago needs a second running back. Chicago needs more wide receivers on top of the wide receivers that they needed two seconds ago. Uh, and, and a right tackle. Yeah, you, you 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 let guards slip at that point in time. You you've got enough yeah. problems there. Although they've got all the money in the world, so I mean, a, they they can do kind of whatever they, they want. They're the sheer spenders. There's no question yeah, about that. In a, in a class where you don't really have like a ton of like a lot of high spend options, like I don't know, like, like the positions you the the positions available are like not ones you usually you know really invest in and they just have more money than they know what to do with so maybe it's a luxury pickup i don't know the bears don't need a safety and they maybe don't need a quarterback and that's about it anything else can be justified yeah (laughs) all right uh just want to remind all of our listeners that football outsiders has been a leader in analysis for 20 years and you should join fo plus to get access to all of it Our team is busy on the back end planning new products and features for the site. And the $4.99 a month you can spend on an annual membership right now is the cheapest that FO Plus will be this year. Get access to Mike Tanier's full deep drive on the NFL draft prospects in the upcoming FO 100 and learn about key incoming skill position players with the Fantasy 40. All kinds of data points plus premium articles and, of course, Football Outsiders Almanac 2023, as well as access to previous editions. Lock in our best price of the year now, now, footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Uh, I want to thank everybody who's listening to the podcast and everybody who's watching the live stream. And please tell your friends about it because we like to talk about football. And the more people who talk about football with us, the better. And uh, thank you, Kale and Brian. Uh, we'll be back next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. No, sorry. Scratch that. Next Thursday's show is a special 4 p.m. Eastern. Next Thursday is 4 p.m. Eastern from the Combine in Indianapolis. We can't do 1 o'clock because Mike will be talking to prospects at 1 o'clock. 
So we're going to do 4 p.m. and Mike will be, Mike and I will both be in Indianapolis, but Mike will be reporting on prospects that he's spoken to and the general managers that did uh, press conferences. And we'll be talking about all that. So next Thursday, special time, 4 p.m. And then we'll be back the following week at 1 p.m. to do defensive free agent. So for Brian Knowles and Kel Clinton, I am Aaron Schott signing off for Football Outsiders, and we will talk to you next week.